0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Thank you guys, listeners, for uh, checking in with me again. This is Ruin for God. Uh, Today, once again, I have a guest that uh, was previously on here. Uh, He did a great episode, did a great job, uh, and just uh, loved having him on. And apparently from all the views he got on that and all the listens, more likely is you guys loved it, too. So I wanted to bring him back. Um, uh, He's recently married. Uh, I think uh, uh and it's awesome to see him. I think very happy uh, to see that he's gotten a little he put a little pounds on so I think he's very happily married right now. So <laughs> but uh my my friend uh James Helfer is back on and uh this is awesome now. James, go ahead. What's up?
0: Hey, how you doing, Charles? Yeah, I just got married January 1st. Uh happily married for the last month or so. Oh yeah. Um I was thinking about we were talking about doing another podcast and I was trying to figure out what direction to go in. And a lot of uh, what keeps popping to mind and what God brought to my mind is identity. We find our identity in a lot of, in a lot of things in life. Right. I see a lot of people find their identity in clothes. They find their identity in money. They find their identity of, in their work. They get lost in their work, get lost in the things that they do. Um if you're a Christ follower, the goal and the objective is to find your identity in Christ. Right. Because so, I want to talk about what I found my identity in at an early age. Um, there's a few things as I grew up. What I found, what I thought my, I found my identity in, and. Uh, At a young age, I realized that we were poor. Um, I lived in a two-parent household till I was 17 years old. But up until that point, I lived in a household. The two-parent household that I lived in, um, my mother was uh, on psychiatric disability, so she didn't work. And my father was a a semi-functioning alcoholic. So we live paycheck to paycheck. And when I say that it's paycheck to paycheck after the alcohol is bought and after the the drugs were bought and things like that. And then what was left? That's what we lived off of. Uh, So at an early age, I found my identity in this poor person of all the things I didn't have. So when you find your identity and being poor, you want to figure out how to come out of that. Mm. So then I started finding my identity. OK, well, if I don't want to be poor, well, how do you get out of that? Well, I watched my father spend his money on drugs. So it was easy for me to when he blacked out, I started stealing marijuana yeah. and I'd sell to about a, I think it was 11, right? 11 years old years. i started stealing i started selling joints and then 10 dollar bags
1: oh <laughs> um. Can you run me through? Uh, you're saying it's 11. So what's the what's the daily life of you now? 11 year old. Now you're starting to sell. You're you're just getting into the drug game, the, the distribution yeah. game. What is what's your day? You wake up.
0: Well, I was still going to school. Right.
1: I, so you get out of school. And, are you in? No, I was just. Are you in middle school, high school? What is that? Junior. What is that? Junior. High? High? Is Next to middle school. High? Yeah, middle, middle
0: school. school. Right. Yeah, it was middle school. So other 11 and 12 year olds. <laughs> yeah. So. My neighborhood where I grew up, I think that they were either my age or older. Mm. So you had 14, 15 year olds, mm. uh, mostly in my neighborhood. So what my thing consisted of is we had a bunch of Kool-Aid houses in the neighborhood. And what I'm, I i do not know if you understand that no, term. No, yeah, you can explain that. So with, yeah. term in my house was a Kool-Aid house too. So it's where a lot of kids gathered. Oh, okay, it's where a lot of kids went after school because there was no rules. I've so we never heard that. That's uh, a Kool Aid house is like where you go and eat snacks and smoke joints and things like that. Oh wow, I've never heard that before. <laughs> so everybody, there was no rules. We go into my room, shut the door, and be okay. So in my neighborhood, there was four or five Kool Aid houses, and what that looks like now, I guess they call them trap houses. But <laughs> back, back then, they were just you know everybody called them the Kool Aid house. You come over here, you go, you go to such and such house you eat snacks well we evolved from that to you know hey I got five ten dollars from my dad you got some and we go out back and smoke weed and that's how that started I seen that people were starting, like I said, I was 11. Most people were 12, 13, 14, Correct. and on up, right? And then I think it, that was around the time I turned 12, but I'd start selling joints. Mm-hmm. And then it just evolved from that. Mm-hmm. And then the people that were there that were older as I got, that, that, my day-to-day life consisted of me getting out of school, going to hang out at those Kool-Aid houses. And then that culture evolves from that. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's a bunch of, you got two types of people. You got the poor people, Right. And then you got the people that are going to do something about it. All right. Yeah. So you got the ones that are spending all their little change to get high. And then the other ones that are getting all of your little change. Right. Yeah, you got the
1: consumers and the businessmen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Man. But the, uh, I like that. That's crazy to see that at 11 years old. So. I expressed it in my, my previous deal about how 13, I saw that 13, there's a, your life takes a pivot to what direction. You're starting to become the person you're going to become yeah. for the rest of your life. So you're right in that, that fault. You're meeting future potential. Probably addicts or abusers or stuff like that. because
0: marijuana, I don't care what most people say, marijuana is a gateway drug to other things. Every weed house you ever go to, eventually when you go to buy weed, they start selling other things. Mm -hmm. So it was the same. Like I would sell, I started, you know, at 13. By the time I hit 14 and 15, I moved on to ounces. Mm -hmm. And that's like, you you asked me before we started, you know, like what what the money look like? Yeah. Well, obviously if I found my identity being poor, I wanted to make money. So I would have offer of each ounce of marijuana I sold, I'd make a $40 profit, then I'd smoke. Hmm. I'd smoke some, right? And uh, so that's what, $200 a week. At, at that age. Yeah. Okay. Eleven year old with two hundred dollars in his pocket yeah. in a week. Yeah. yeah, so so that's what, you know, as I as I got older, that's what it started looking like. Right. And then when I hit about fifteen, that's when fifteen to sixteen is when I started going into pounds. Mm. But then the problem is, okay, first you find your identity in money, right? right? You find your identity, you're a poor kid trying to make money. Well, here's the problem with that. Mm. So now you find your identity, this money, you start doing everything the poor kids do when they get money, right? You buy shoes, you buy clothes, you buy the food that you couldn't buy before, mm. you know, because we weren't going to Burger King like everybody else. Right. You were getting a lo- You were getting sandwiches and, and, mm. and spaghetti and cheap stuff that you could throw in a pot, right? Right. So... Hmm. So you do all those things, but what inevitably happens to everybody when you start selling weed, weed, you start smoking weed. So if I'm smoking and making $40, eventually that profit goes down because now you find your identity and getting high. Now now you're a stoner, right? Right. So then I went from this poor kid making money to this stoner. Money don't mean so much to me no more. So now I'm just this stoner, right? Uh, I find my identity as a stoner
1: is that 15
0: now About, yeah About 14 15 and 15, 15 I find my identity in this stoner stuff right and uh, High Times magazines the whole little the whole thing you know I'm selling you know I got that cush, that brick weed all that stuff the terminology that comes right. with it mm-hmm. and you find your identity in those things um but then you develop habits. Mm. So you're smoking. So you're selling a pound, but you're smoking an ounce out of it, two ounces. You know, you sit down one day, smoke an ounce of weed with all your friends, and now you're this pothead, you're this stoner, right? So now your identity is is, is this stoner. Okay, so now you, you found your identity in money. Now you find your identity in smoke a weed. Well, what, whenever you start selling... Um, large amounts, you go from pounds to three pounds, five pounds, 10 pounds, 50 pounds, and all these things, which I started selling a lot more at an early age. Mm. Uh, Money came with it, but I wanted to keep getting high. That's what I found my identity in it. The money still came, but I wanted to, to stay as high as possible. So I figured this is how I found my identity in it. I kept the more drugs you have, the higher you stay. So if you keep selling drugs, you keep getting high. And that's that's that was my philosophy. The more drugs it's to stay high. Right. So I think it was around fourteen, though. Maybe a little. It was earlier, maybe thirteen, that I tried meth for the first time. Mm. And that was it was in it was in liquid form, and somebody put it on some weed, dried it, and we smoked it. That was the first time I tried it. Then I shot, I started, I think it was the first time at 13 that I actually tried it. I was almost 14 when I first did a shot. Mm. I think it was, but I still sold weed. But I start developing this habit for this math, right? Yeah, that seems like a bit of a, a bit of a jump, yeah.
1: From from just weed to yeah. math, right? yeah. yeah.
0: So it's because that's what started coming around now. Right, yeah. That like I said, when you start selling weed, you get around more people. So as I start getting into my late teens, I get my dates mixed up sometimes. Uh-huh. But when I start getting into my later teens, it was early early teens when I start getting into my teens. I start getting around meth cooks that they trade, they want to trade for weed. So that's what kicked it off. Oh, hey man, I got this, I'll give you for a bag of weed. So you got this, you got this weed, well, I've already got a raging weed habit, right? Right. I mean, so people are, I'm trading and I'm selling this meth. Everything I sell, I've tried, right? If I'm selling weed, I'm smoking weed. So my identity now, here we go, I got this freaking meth habit. I start, I start trading weed for meth and I start doing meth Mm. and, uh, everything that comes along with it, man, the tweaker persona, man. Mm. And I start, I stay grounded for a while, but I can't. So I went from, I didn't, I even stopped as I get older. Uh, all I do, all I messed with was meth Mm. up until like, Yeah, I started just, I started just selling. No, that was the last time. So I, I was selling weed all the way up until the first time I went to prison. Till the first time I went to prison, I was selling weed, um, but I was, I was getting high on meth. Mm. But I had a habit that I couldn't, I wasn't the type of addict that, that I could, uh, I didn't buy just $20 bags. I would trade weed for meth so I would have a lot mm-hmm. and that's what I did up until the first time I went to prison so when I got out of prison I once again I find my identity in this meth stuff mm-hmm. and I started manufacturing it Yeah, and that's because you know I figured okay look if, if I want all the meth I, if I want to find be this meth head well I'm going to find my identity as a meth cook okay <laughs> right. so I'm going to make as much as I want I'm still going to get money so here, there I still have that piece of my identity right I'm still going to be high and now I'm the big guy yeah. I'm making this stuff. Yeah,
1: I I think it's funny. It's mainly because mm-hmm. you know we work. I've worked with you, even though in the kitchen aspect mm-hmm. at the men's center. Uh, the Men's Reco- Heartland's Men Recovery Center, and I I just remember hearing from every guy that's gone to prison. If you did meth or were manufacturing, you, you meet the best cook in the world every time you you bump into oh, yeah, duty yeah. And I just thought that was a funny deal. They're like, Yeah, no, I swear. You meet anybody you talk to, he's got the best recipe. <laughs> I'm a cook by nature, so I thought it would just be funny. That guy, no, he's got the best, yeah. the absolute best. The and, absolute they, best. Yeah, and I had a friend, you know, uh, he he he's gone now, but uh, he went to prison first time i went to prison uh when he came out that's exactly what he started talking about uh was meth and i'm like dude what and I, at this time i hadn't even really heard about meth or, i mean it was barely unknown uh, to me and he's like no no no, and you can grow it and he started talking about all these weird ways he, and i'm like man i don't i don't really care but that's all he could talk. i guess while in there he bumped into one of those guys that told him how to do it and i just thought that was funny. so now you, i guess you're you've you were 11 started you're selling weed you're starting to get high and then you got a taste for meth now and you're still selling weed to supply to trade and barter with and whatnot but then you go the prison prison, and you become you hone those skills that you didn't have in a sense of of doing that and they probably assuming some guys taught you some stuff there
0: or or hear things and learned ways of figuring out how to do it Well, when I got out of prison I started hanging out with this girl Mm -hmm. and uh I was still selling weed and uh, she sold meth. She opened my eyes up to a different world in the meth game, like yeah. when it when it came to the cooking it, the getting the stuff to do it, she showed me the innards of everything. You know? So I started finding my identity yeah, started, again in, started, yeah. in, in, in that meth world. Like yeah. I started getting away from, the, I wouldn't even smoke weed at this point. Like, I stopped smoking weed. I didn't even care about that no more. All I cared about was was getting as much meth as I could so I could stay high. Um, and the point is, to kind of round it up, mm. The so at an early age, you, you got this poor kid, finds his identity in being poor, so he makes money. Mm. Well, he finds his, he, may, he starts making money. I start making money illegally selling weed, right? Yeah. And then you you don't even, it, you lose track of what you even, yeah, what, what you, you, you even started for, yeah. what you really wanted, because now this addiction got you. And now you're finding your idea and being a junkie. Man. Because, I you know, I've, I've looked at it from all aspects of it. I found my identity in money. I found my identity in being a drug dealer. And I've also found my identity in being a junkie. Uh. Because towards the end, of towards the end, before I came to Heartland, I didn't care about money. I didn't care about I didn't care about selling drugs. I didn't care about nothing. What I cared about was getting high mm-hmm. and I didn't care about how I paid for it. I went and took it. Yeah. And because now I found my identity in that guy. And what I mean by that is if you have something, I'm going to come take it. Right. I don't care what it is. How I got to do it, I'm going to come get it because I want to stay high. So that's what I found my identity in before I came, before I gave my life to Christ. Mm -hmm. So you fast forward now to 2015. I don't even know who I am (laughs) (laughs) through all this addiction. All this wanting to make money, all to do all these things. I don't even know what what my real identity is. Right. Am I this fighter? Am I this money maker? Am I this drug addict? Who am I? You don't even know. Yeah. So then I come to a place called Heartland, where they're talking about Jesus and find your identity. Who's Jesus? Yeah. What did he do? What does he want from me? What does he want from me? <laughs> right. Like all I wanted to do is go get high, right? Right, and fight, and and, and meet girls. So now here it is, 2015, and I don't even know who I am. I don't have any hobbies. I don't know how to do anything. I don't even know how to drive a car Hmm. because I found my identity in doing drugs and getting more drugs and making money. Next thing you know, you lose all sense of everything else. I don't have a close family. I don't have a relationship with friends because the only thing I did revolved around drugs. That was my identity right. since an early age on into 2015. So when I when I came to Heartland, now I start finding my identity. I start finding who I am. And now my identity is in Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Because now I figure out now I can actually I know what I like to do now. Uh-huh. I know what my hobbies are. I actually have a personality that's not revolving around addiction. Right. And that's that's something that a lot of people we fail to realize that there's people stuck in trying to find this identity out there. And they and, and in the process, they lose who they are. Right. Yeah. Because they think that they're they think their their identities is in convict. They're going to go to prison the rest of their life. So right. they just find their identity in that.
1: Yeah. But uh, it was. It's interesting to see, and uh, guys, you so see, I know that James was recently on a, a YouTube podcast thing, and I got to watch it. I'm like, yeah, we got to get him back on here. Um, but I guess uh, something was brought up when the guy I watched one of the other ones, and a guy talked about also. I think you may have said it, but he, uh, another one of his uh, guests, said something about I started going to prison, and he made it sound like <laughs> like it feels like going off to college, like this, yeah. Is the, and that's really I'm describing it as if. Going to prison and going to college or going to school were very much the same thing. And I'll grant it. Some of it is. They're, guys, they're smart men coming out of prisons. I'm not going to lie. Some men are bettering themselves. But some of them are studying the wrong things. Yeah. But they treated that same so, way. Their identity quite it's, literally it's, is, is it's that. It's that
0: right there. It's a misplaced identity. Yeah. They find their identity as convicts, as repeat offenders. Yeah. Oh, I'm not... I'm not no inmate. I'm a convict. Yeah. And then you find your identity in that. So it's nothing that when you come to the world, it's just a break. Uh. You're just going out there. You're raising heck. You're getting as high as possible. And you're going back to prison because, and, and I fell into that too. I thought that my life consisted of go to prison, get out, get high, women go back to prison. Repeat, repeat, mm-hmm. repeat. And it, my life did look like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what you talked about on your la- on our last visit. To, yeah. That's pretty much yeah, exactly what you said. But because I gave into that identity. Mm-hmm. But in reality, whenever I gave my life to Jesus in 2015, he showed me there was a whole different. And that was hard, dude. Mm-hmm. When you have to realize you don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> because think of this. So I went from thinking I was this big money making baller, right? To a dope fiend. I lost my mind like up until I came to to Heartland I was having an identity crisis that I thought right because I changed again Mm. I went from I was making money and I was doing this and I was doing that. Then I didn't care about that no more. So now all I care about is this dope stuff. So here we go shifting this identity again. And I was having a meltdown Right. because I didn't even I didn't like who I was at that point now because I didn't like being a junkie. Well, that's what I was. All I cared about was getting high. So now you move to you move forward to 2015 and God tells you you're not a junkie. <laughs> You're not a you don't care about money. You don't need to care about none of that stuff. I love you how you are. Or how am I? Yeah. I'm broken. <laughs> and then God starts filling you and putting yeah, you back me, together. Tell you exactly who you are. Yeah, You're and mine. showing you <laughs> yeah. I realize I have I have it's a funny thing. I know this is gonna sound funny to people, but you know, I got some hot peppers sitting on this table. I ha- enjoy making hot sauces. I make stuff with hot peppers. Yeah. I like it. I can enjoy it. You get down on some hot food. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, I enjoy yeah. that stuff, but I never had time for that stuff in my other identities. I don't find my identity in making hot sauce. It's a great hobby, right? right. I love it. I like to do stuff like that. I, it, I like to eat hot food. I enjoy hot stuff. That's cool, but I don't find my identity in it. And God showed me that I can enjoy things and not get lost in it. Yeah. And that's the point that I was trying to make. Like, I lost so much of my life mm-hmm. trying to find identity in so many stupid things. Oh, yeah. To yeah. get to where I can enjoy life and enjoy doing things without getting, without idolize, uh idolizing things yeah. and getting stuck in it. And that's 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 my whole point, man. Yeah. I just want. I just came. to so Could you tell me? Because you're, you're finding. What was that moment? Uh, What was one of your
1: first moments? I don't know if we got to on the last podcast or not, but I want to get to because this is great. Um, When your eyes are truly open, you got to say it's not in when God told you that's that's who you were. That's not who you are. This and what God clearly told you and spoke to you and said, no, this is who you are. Because we have those moments where God's literally saying that's not you know this. That's not who you are. This is who I'm calling
0: you to be and this is who you are. You know, I thought I had that coming here to Heartland, right? Mm-hmm. I had it when I relapsed. Mm. Whenever a couple years ago my mother and father passed away and I made some mistakes, I went and pulled the plug on my father. Mm. And I had to uh I left there and went straight to a, to a bar and started drinking. And I stayed in that for two days. Mm. And I went to my sister's house. Okay. And uh my sister said what are you going to do? Well there was no choice. Mm. I God spoke to me. You made a mistake. Mm. This ain't who you are. Mm-hmm. Get up. Yeah. And at that point I called Heartland and told my 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 leadership what I did and they told me to come home because here's the thing I'm not I'm for real not a drug addict anymore I'm not an alcoholic I'm not some guy that wants to go make money all the time that's not me but I made a mistake right but in that mistake God showed me blatantly you are not that person no more you can't live that life no more because I felt horrible Mm -hmm. those two days that I was drinking and doing that stuff I felt horrible like I didn't even it didn't even feel familiar to me it was foreign so for that to feel so bad I know that's not in me no more right that's not who I am that's not that's not what I believe in that's not that I don't find I, any of my identity in those things anymore
1: right. as, as I was saying, you don't need to experience that to know that's not you yeah sense, God was tell you knew that a lot yeah you didn't even do it you're like this doesn't do this right does know
0: that but that was the most blatant time yeah that was the most like. The one time in my life where he, where it was so vivid, where it was like, now, now you see this and who you are, uh-huh. right? Because it was an eye opener. That was the a very, in, that was a instrumental ch- turning point in my life, uh-huh. where things were, where some of the character that I was developing, I got rid of, and I took on. Because there were some things in my life that I was lacking, and some things I needed to adapt. Right, right. and at that point, right there, was the most. that was that was it, right there. Yeah. Where God was like, "This is the turning point. This is it."
1: That's not for you, and I, that's uh, not for that's you. That's awesome. Your leadership understood. I think mm-hmm. that was well within God's. But when your leadership is hearing trade from God, like you know, that was that's not that you. Was, that wasn't him. That was a mistake. That you know, putting him in a mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. like that. that he lost his father grief and whatnot thing. Yeah. There's reasonable reasons, but you were accepted fully. Uh, Yeah. You were, you were still a leader. Now you were still a leader. Uh, You, you, you you know, acknowledge what was done wrong and how you can move forward.
0: Yeah. And that's, but that's the point. Like, because I find my identity in God, Mm -hmm. I'm ruined to that other stuff. I'm not, I'm done. I'm ruined to God. Now my life at this point, I can't go there right. because God ruined me because he cares about me. Right. He wants my identity being Him to be in him for positive things. Right. Everything that my identity stood for before was for negative. Right. I didn't develop good relationships with people. I didn't develop uh, loving relationships with anybody. Um, I wasn't a good person. I destroyed my body. Yeah. I destroyed myself. So there was nothing positive that came out of those fictional identities that I developed for myself. Oh. But the identity that I'm that God's building for me in him
1: yeah. is good. And God is giving and in- and build, like you said, you said, building for you Things like that, you said relationships And stuff like that And I'm going to do, I only want, because I really want to get you And your new wife <laughs> On a podcast and do, talk about marriage and stuff Because you both have your own testimonies And now you're coming together She she has kids, uh, you have children um, But you're, How God is knitting you guys as a family because when you get married you become one right yeah you have to become one family and how, how is that working how is it this time you, you uh once again i'm quoting I'm <laughs> back from the podcast you did with, on uh someone else's podcast but you spoke about how this is a first relationship yeah the true one because i mean you you now know well i'll be honest you know what the love of god is correct how to truly love god and be loved by him you can now share that with someone else
0: yeah because i didn't have time for relationships, because mm. all I had time was for getting high, yeah, yeah, getting more all that. drugs, yeah. in, that consumed my life. Yeah. So in the process, I didn't have time to find relationships. Even only thing I did was have sex before marriage. Right. I never had a real relationship. I can only sit and this is like I talked about in that podcast. I technically only had two relationships my whole life, I think it was. And that was only for six months at a time. Man. And that was to, I got somebody pregnant, we lived together for a little bit, and I went to prison. <laughs> so that's not a relationship.
1: No. No, no. You have a child from that, and you have to learn I have to, two children. Yeah, you have to learn to- From broken relationships. Yeah, yeah. To, to try and navigate that one is even harsh. I mean, to have a kid in the first place, <laughs> this new person that now you're just expected to love and and guide through the rest of their life. That's weird enough for me personally. I have four daughters, but that's weird enough. Like I have to now love you and feed you and lead you and tell you how you're supposed to live. That's weird for me, but I'm not a new dad. I've been dad for multiple years now, but to do that, and and like you said, you have a past of just wrong ideas, wrong of who you were. And now now you have to, now you get to, with god not only on your side he's he's rooting you on and he's showing you the path hey do what i did yeah Sh- uh, do exactly what i did and you will be fine follow my word yeah. you'll be fine T- teach your kids uh, in partner life it's g- they're gonna fight back because they themselves are experiencing that same issue yeah they don't know who they are either yeah show them what it means to know who you are yeah. that kind of situation yeah. so that's that's awesome yeah. I w- i would love to say that for later but to see how you and your wife you know are dealing with those things and uh doing it together as a partnership but I'd love to have you back on <laughs> as a couple yeah. uh, and that'd be great yeah that'd be great but no uh you anything else to share
0: no that's, yeah, that's it. it
1: man I, thank you so much for being on listeners please uh please listen to it please share it with your friends if you ever have any questions i believe on my site ruinforgod.com you should be able to email us any questions if you'd like to reach out and be on the show uh email me please uh, i won't put my number on this but you should be able to email us um, hopefully look forward to more episodes coming please uh thank you so much guys just love you
0: and bye